Hello, and welcome to Next Steps for Business. To point of this recording, we are approaching the end of January. And what's one of the big things I keep saying to you guys is keep planning for the future. And it's not going to be that long before the financial year end, or certainly the tax year end, is coming up. So with that in mind, you need to be thinking about investments, pension contributions, all that sort of stuff. Now, I don't know a large amount of these sort of things. So what's the best thing for me to do? You got it. I'm going to bring in an expert. Now, the expert for this week is a lovely chap called Neil Wattam. Now, Neil works for a recently formed IFA organization. But rather than me turning around and explaining who he is and whatever else, why don't I bring him in? He'll tell you all about himself and his company and hopefully give us some really good ideas about how we can make the most of the financial year end. So let's bring in Neil. What if she So, Neil, welcome to Next Steps for Business. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, David. So, for the benefit of the listeners, Neil, can you tell us about who you are and about your business? Yeah, thanks, David. So, my name's Neil Wattam. I'm from WKM Wealth Limited, a.k.a. Wattam Kirby Me. Clues in the title about how we came up with the name. But we are an independent financial planning and investment business started in April 2020, right at the height of the pandemic, lockdown, etc. So it's me and three friends, including my brother, set it up. And we're here to help people and families, etc., with their pensions, ISAs, savings and planning for the future. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So the reason why I wanted to invite you in onto the show, it's coming up to the end of the financial year soon. Yeah, And there's a number of different business owners, solopreneurs, SME owners, and other types of business owners that listen to the show. And I was thinking, right, rather than me sort of half guessing at what's available, let's get an expert. You and I have been chatting on LinkedIn and yep. discussing things, reviewing each other's posts and, and whatever else. I know you listen to the show as well. So I thought, who better <laughs> to come on and, and start talking to us about this? So Really, just to kick things off, what should a business owner be really thinking about as they're coming towards the end of this financial year, you know, ways of saving money or planning for the future? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thanks. So in the day, I am a business owner, too. So whilst we work with individuals and families on their personal matters, I am a business owner and a person who wants to play a keen interest in what I'm doing. So Often what I talk about with people is strategy or our strategies that I'm employing myself and as a team here. As I said earlier, there are four of us here, which yeah. brings in an element of complication, I might add, when it comes to uh, working all this sort of stuff out. But I guess my general mantra, as and it's not just about business owners in general, is do what you can to take advantage of allowances as affordable. Yes. And that goes to whether you're an employee, a business owner, and therefore, that's the start. Great. So then it's a case of what is available. And we talked earlier about you know, pensions and are, are a key point, are part of uh, future planning for anybody. Mm-hmm. I recently met with some people in their late 60s and they've got some, but actually there's still more to do. So don't just think of it as a younger thing, middle age or older. So pensions as a, a matter of course are a good thing to be on top of. And as a business owner... I guess I'd be thinking perhaps initially as a limited company, Mm -hmm. 
you can make or the company can make contributions on your behalf and save tax. So you as an owner get a pension boost, company saves corporation tax, what's not to like? Questions are, is it affordable as a company? Mm -hmm. Has your company got the profits or the accrued profits, uh, retained profits? And what's your pension position? Say you've been in business a long time and you've been putting pensions contributions in year in, year out. Great. Fantastic. But there are limits and there's always rules with all this stuff. Yeah. So I guess my point is don't just blase think I'm just going to pop it into a pension because it might not necessarily be right. But for, I guess, the vast majority of people, that would be a place to start. And talking as a business owner, that's what we do as well. Without preempting some of the stuff I'm sure you're about to say, but this is the reasons why you need to have an IFA. End of. It's not a one size fits all. Yes, there are a lot of things that you can use. There's a good chance, like you say, 80% chance, 90% chance of it fitting people, mm, yeah. but not necessarily being right for you. So get involved with an, an IFA and then brilliant pension contributions. That's one thing my IFA keeps saying to me is, well, what's your contribution going to be this year? Mm. And, and I look at the cash till and see what's in there. <laughs> the good thing is with pensions, as an added bonus, there is flexibility on those contributions when you make them. So, mm. for example, you can go back up to three prior tax years. So if you don't make anything this year because whatever's happened in the business, and you say you have a stonking 22, 23, yeah. you can go back effectively and make contributions to tap into unutilized allowances from prior years brilliant again comes back to affordability yes again comes back to what you've done before so there are things to consider but the good thing is especially when you're an owner and you have control yeah you can make those decisions slightly crazy question and you can tell me just to stop but let's just say that you had a lean year last year you know, up to 21 to 22, mm-hmm. but next year you have a good one. If you've got enough to be able to cover your payments for 20 to 21, can you then roll over the fact that you haven't paid into 21 to 22? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, so I get the point. So you have to follow the rules. Yes. So in the first instance, you have to use the tax year you're in first. Right, thank you. Use that up. Then you go back to the earliest year, Brilliant. And then you go forward from there. But it's all about, can the business afford it at that point? And then you start looking backwards. Brilliant. That's what I needed to understand. That's really, really helpful. So you can't always be in debt, so to speak. Now, that makes complete sense. And it's worth just being clear as well. That rule applies to an employee as well, or a self-employed. So even if you're not a limited company. Yeah. It's about the earnings in the year you want to make the pension contribution. Brilliant. But you can go backwards. Say you're a 200 grand a year earner next year as an employee. Fantastic. You could really go for it if you really wanted, potentially. Yeah, yeah. If you have your stonking bonus in next financial year that you didn't expect, then my suggestion would be pension contributions are a first port of call. Not always, but for a lot of people. I get where you're going with that. Again, depending on what your strategy is, and that's why you need to begin working with your IFA, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not all about pensions, which we can talk about, but nonetheless, as a tax play, as a business owner, and just as a good thing to do, that's why I would predominantly start there. Brilliant. I'm glad you said it's not just about pensions, because we might as well re-label this one called pensions, Indeed. and we're not going to. Yeah. Well, come on, there must be some other 
other items that we could be considering as business owners where we could be putting money? Yeah, so I guess another part of the jigsaw, the story, is considering the structure and being clear on the structure of your company. So again, I'm assuming a limited company here. Yeah. So if you are, and I've met quite a few people who have set up a limited company, there may be an IT consultant. Forget the IR35 thing, assuming they're working for various companies. Yeah. And they thought, oh, great, I'll set that up. And then they've not considered that they're married and therefore the wife or husband, whichever, could be a shareholder too. Yeah. And probably should be on the basis of thinking of income distribution. Yeah. I've got a client down in Swindon. He's the sole earner. He's the IT consultant in this case, example, but they're 50-50 shareholders of a limited company. So that then gives you more flexibility. As a general point, if you're married or a civil partnership, remember that you will have double the allowances. Yeah. So whether that's pensions, ISAs, dividends from a company. So think about the structure. Don't just go, great, I've got a company, I'm the shareholder, done. Because it's probably not the best use of your situation. Brilliant. Potentially. So think about the structure. Good conversation to have with someone like Marie or your accountant, whoever it might be, because there will be potentially some paperwork to do behind the scenes. But that's something to be mindful of and so unfortunately people seem to some sorry blindly relatively walk in and just set it up and don't consider it absolutely i think it helps if the partner can actually help with some of the tasks as well you don't want Indeed. we're not trying to commit fraud here um, no no you know, but as a shareholder you would be entitled to dividends for example irrespective of input or not to the business everyone has a two thousand a year dividend tax-free allowance so even if you just paid a spouse £2,000 a year from the business as a shareholder, as a minority shareholder, perhaps, then why not? It's not going to change your life, I suspect, but why not make use of it? Well, absolutely. I think that's the key part here, isn't it? Like you said at the beginning, mm. it's about allowances. You know, you need to consider all of these things. And they do add up. They do, don't they? They do over time. Yeah. They do. So that was that was one piece, I guess. I guess you know, and that's a general planning that any business owner can think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned it about self-employed people. Well, there's a structure consideration there as to whether you should be a limited company or not. Yeah. Because as a self-employed, you are taxed on whatever your business generates as profit, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. So just think about the structure. And therefore, I'm not going to try and step on Marie's toes here at accountants, but there's a line, there's a blurred line where we can sort of help and give some thoughts and then accountants can you know we often work in a bit of a triangle Mm -hmm. with accountants and a client because you don't want conflicting opinions and ideas agreed and they shouldn't be conflicting but no and obviously the accountants are staying up to date with their specific areas but then your investment opportunity or at least you know flowing the money around is only going to help isn't it really yeah yeah no that's really powerful stuff and i do encourage people to ensure that their companies structures are accurately set up it is important Mm, yeah so assuming that we've got our sme business set up correctly yeah we are making contributions to our pensions are there any other ways that we can consider lightening the load or at least moving the money to other investments whatever yeah so i guess there's a slightly i wouldn't say left field but there's a slightly different potential approach depending on the 
position of the business. So again, if I talk about my IT consultant client, because this is a real example, mm -hmm. he's done the, as I would call them, the basics, the pensions, personally done ISA contributions, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But his business is sat on circa quarter of a million of cash mm -hmm. of retained profits because he's always, so they have always been in cash, like cash, no cash, safe, inverted commas. Okay. So we have come along and started to do those bits I've mentioned, but his company is still generating a healthy profit and almost they, they don't spend it. So option is to invest some of the company money. Mm -hmm. So companies can invest cash like me or you. They right. just don't have such a thing as a pension or an ISA. Yeah. So it has implications for other matters such as business relief and entrepreneurs relief and things like that. Okay. But as an example of something that a business owner could do in the right time and if it's appropriate, and you know, you need to, in that example, quarter of a million cash, we're only invested 50,000. So it's not really touching the issue of cash, but it's just starting to get some of it working. It's something someone could consider, and it's not something that a lot of people necessarily think about. They might think, oh, I've got 250 grand in cash. How do I take that out? Yeah. Well, do you need to? You know, it's back to the why. And I know you did a podcast That's right. only maybe last or a couple of weeks ago, yeah. at least listening about the why. Yes. And this all comes back to the why. But say in that example, we've caught a million of cash. Do you need it? What's the why? That's it. If you don't, well, let's think about that. Yeah. What are you preaching to the converted on this one, uh, Neil? You really <laughs> are. Because I'm, I'm such a big fan of that. That's why I took the whole podcast on the why. Mm. And I love it if the why is to try and get as much money out of the business into your own personal account because you need to use it, then great, you're following your why. Indeed. If it's more a case about, well, actually, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, blah, 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 then great. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's I think it's fantastic. And another example of uh, this sort of thing is I've got a client, again, runs an IT business, weirdly, but two shareholders. One needs some extra money personally. The other doesn't. Okay. I don't work with both of them, but I work with one of them. And one taking his money because he needs it, paying a higher rate tax on the dividends, that's his choice. Yeah. The other guy is an almost equal shareholder doing pension contributions because he's done everything else. Right. So I guess that's the other thing to think about is back to that structure point. Yeah. What is the structure? Who is it? And I mentioned earlier our structure. It's a little complicated because of four of us. <laughs> but if you've got the structure right and you're thinking about the why, you can then make your choices. Yes. Do you want the extra dividend? Do you want it in a pension? Do you need a car, company car in future or whatever? Yes. I love that idea that you can look to to not always just draw down actually push it around yeah. elsewhere. And again, if you need to introduce a level of diversity to your business for whatever reason, then again, the investment yep. or the opportunity to see other avenues, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, again, it comes back to structures, discussions with your accountants, what businesses, what cash you need. So there's never a just do it. It's actually it's an option and being aware of the option, I would suggest is helpful. Yes. It might not be appropriate for most businesses. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Somebody, it might've even been you when we were chatting previous time, mentioned something on the lines of family investment companies. Yep. Yeah. So for the benefit of me, could you expand that? Yeah. So I guess in its simplest form, it is a limited company typically that is set up with, again, a why. 
what's the intention? The intention in this example is often a way of getting some money working, often for children perhaps, or maybe grandchildren, or maybe to pay school fees, or just another vehicle mm-hmm. to do something for future. So it's effectively a limited company that invests its money. Okay. So I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that you might have a business owner, but it's trade like us. Just I'm not saying we do this, but as an example, we're a trading business that we what we do. Mm-hmm. We could invest some of our cash potentially. We don't, but could. So you're a trading entity with something almost on the side just to help. Right. The family investment company is effectively a vehicle just to invest with a purpose of maybe growing it, generating an income, both. But the beauty there is, again, structure. I keep repeating myself here, but there's a structure point. So it might be that you set up a family investment company, Wilkes Family Co. Yeah. And you can determine the shareholders. It could be that you are the voting shareholders and you could have someone else as a beneficiary and therefore you control what happens, but someone else in time or now can be a beneficiary of income growth or dividends, et cetera. Okay. So you can make a loan, director's loan, for example, to give the company yep. some liquidity and that liquidity is then invested. So there's nothing, there's no special magic around it. It is a company that has in theory some cash and it's invested. It's the structure that could provide benefits to somebody. Okay. And it doesn't have to be family. It's, I guess it's investment yeah. company, but the family bit is because often it's beneficial for the next generation, generation. Or, or so. Yeah. So so you could set something up. I've got 51% of the share. Lady W has 10% and my three children all have 10% and there we're up to nine. Yeah, that's 40, yeah. 41. Yeah, so, so there's about, and yeah. I'll find out where the other 9% goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, they could all benefit from the dividends from that organization if I was to put some money in it. Indeed, back to structure. What is the structure? Who's entitled to what? Because you might not want anything. Yeah, well, absolutely. But in the event of my death, I can bequeath the shares of the business, that particular business, couldn't I, to the children or, or whatever? Yeah, I mean, yeah, inheritance tax is clearly a, another matter. But yes. And, and to be honest, this is where the vehicle being the limited company is pretty straightforward. Done. It's the structure and the setup. Therefore, may well and probably would benefit from some legal yes, advice on that setup and potentially, you know, uh, estate planners and that sort of stuff and make sure wills yes. and all that, all the kind of financial planning wider matters yeah. Yeah. tie in to what you're doing. No, 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 you're spot on. In fact, perhaps we need a, a new podcast on wills as well and, and that sort of stuff, that whole estate handling, yeah. you know, probate, etc. Perhaps we'll have to talk about that one of the times. But Powers attorney, I'd love it if you did, you know, just it's not on enough people's radar correct correct and then they've sadly the consequences can be not fun yeah i think it can be quite devastating can't it really because you've got grief as well as the financial issues as well as you know many other things like the tax man then turn around saying hang a minute you owe me and indeed yeah and i guess i've sort of mentioned a bit of a mantra earlier about and keeping it simple i've mentioned a few already options but the theory is relatively simple there's just some planning to do around the admin and structures and stuff but you know i'm not saying go and invest in some I don't know, <laughs> winery or vineyard or art or whatever it's you know we're doing what in our case what we do 
but there's some options of how to do it in terms of the structures that could benefit some people, but not everybody. You know, just because you don't have a family investment company, we work with very few generally because the other options are more than adequate. But in some cases, yes. it can be really beneficial. Yes, because again, you know, use the tried and tested routes first before you then start trying to be playing clever. Yeah. So I'm guessing without doing your job, but certain things, you know, common areas that you'd always look at for that sort of investment would be around your ISAs and all of that, because of course you've got several types of ISAs, aren't there? There is a multitude, yes. And I guess it depends on age yeah. uh, as to which options are available. Yeah. So I met, excuse me, with a client yesterday, or hopefully a client, and uh, lifetime ISAs came up. Okay. Now, this is one of the rarer forms because they're not very well advertised. Not a lot of places necessarily do them. Yeah. But it is a really good potential option for under 40s. So 18 to 40, you have to be right. open it. can be cash or stocks and shares. And the government give you 25% on top of every pound you put in. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But are you 18 to 40? Maybe, maybe not. If you've already bought a house, then you can't use it for the house. And therefore, you have to leave it until you're 60. Wow. Which is fine. Yeah. I've got a lifetime ISA because it's another opportunity and option for when I get to 60. Gotcha. I'm not using it for a house. I mentioned it because it's actually one of the things that people are less aware of. Yeah. ISAs in general, a lot of people know of. But that one is a bit more few and far between. And hence, it came up yesterday as a, for their children, not for these people. Yes. It's a potentially good option. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just miss out on that. Just missed, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing they it's, it's, They it's could be wild. useful. But, 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 it, but um, my, my son and my two girls, the girls have got property, but, but my son could qualify for it. And that's, uh, yeah, again, it's about that. Do people know about it? Great. Is it right for them? Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, no, you know, no. Good, good shares. But that's that's that's, on, that's a rarer one. Stocks and shares ISA and a cash ISA are the most popular. So just for clarity, adult ISAs you can put up to twenty thousand pounds each tax year into an ISA. Yep. And you can move between them. Okay. So general direction would probably be cash into stocks and shares rather than the other way. But you know, technically you can. The real key point is if you put the money into an ISA. Do your best not to take it out unless it's for a purpose. Because once it's out... Back to your why. Yeah, Back to absolutely. Your why. Yeah. And ISAs, in my view, are very good as a, again, depending on your age and whatever, medium-term type vehicle because as opposed to pensions, which are typically longer, yeah. ISAs are better because they're very flexible. You can take the money out tomorrow, generally speaking, and you don't pay any tax. It's there. Got it. And that's the same for everybody. just depends what you've got it in as to how quickly you can get it out. Of course. But they're really good, and they are a cornerstone, in my opinion, for anybody. doesn't matter if you're a millionaire and you haven't got any, start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that, that's a good shout. There are other bits of types of ISAs, but they are quite rare. And um, like innovative finance, where you can uh, lend money around effectively, for example. But cash, stocks and shares, lifetime for the right age. And just for clarity here, mm. for a cash... ISA, that to me makes complete sense. You've got 10 grand, you can put that into a cash out ISA. You've just said there's a limit of 20 grand per annum. Fantastic. So you've got 10 grand. I get that. Yeah. 
Stocks and shares, is that means you've gone onto the stock market, bought some stocks and shares in some businesses, and the value at the time that you put them into your ISA are worth up to 20K. Yep, so you, you basically deposit 20K of cash, because it's still a cash introduction. Yeah. And then whatever happens within the ISA yep. from there is tax-free. Hopefully it'll go up, but if it goes down, it doesn't. Either way, it's, your tw- it's the input that matters. Got it. That makes complete sense. So again, I can see the benefits of the ISAs, you know, and you've got that a saving scheme. It's probably the best way to see it as. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yep. you to, again, you know, your why, because you want to buy a house, you want to buy a second property or, you know, be it a, a holiday villa in Spain or, or whatever else that, that tickles yep. your fancy. Yeah, I mean, another good example as a potential use for them is mortgage rates are quite low. Yep. Um, for example, and I know they're creeping up, but nonetheless, quite low. If you've been overpaying a mortgage, say, by a few hundred pounds a month, and you're thinking, actually, why not think about an ISA for that? So instead of putting it into a mortgage where you can't see it again other than your house equity, why not consider putting it into an ISA as an example? And then in five years when the fixed term is up or whenever, you might have built up a nice pot of money in an ISA tax-free you can then pay off the mortgage potentially if you want. Or at least a chunk of it. You've got an option to do whatever you want. No, no, that, that's sad. That's another example of that sort of more medium-term opportunity. But, you know, if you want to pay off your mortgage faster, then go for it. Yes. I would suggest having a flexibility might be better, potentially. Yeah. It's interesting that there's a percentage of people who are my age, and I know all they're doing is focusing on paying off the mortgage, and I... I haven't been doing that because hmm. I, I don't think that's the wisest use of your money. I've got lucky because the mortgage rates are so low yeah, and we've used the money for other things. But um, it's interesting how many people have said, oh, look, great. I think me, I'm 50, 55, 60. I've paid off all my mortgage. Yeah. And that's great. If, if Again, it's their why. Indeed. You know, it's not mine. Yeah. So I do think that, you know, you, you do have other options. I love that. I love yeah. that. Neil, I can't believe it. Would you believe we've been talking for nearly half an hour already? Time flies. And you have covered some fantastic things there. Just in quick summary, pensions, I think, is absolutely brilliant. Restructuring your company just to make sure you're making the most of the allowances, the family investments, the ISAs, going back to your why. Absolutely. Mate, honestly, this is absolutely sound, sound advice. I really want to thank you for for coming on the show and giving us some absolutely golden advice. Guys, I am going to encourage you to go out and if you haven't got an IFA, sort yourself one out. Yeah. I think you'd agree with that, Neil. Yeah. You know, just just see an IFA. Have a chat with them. Just have a chat. Most will willingly do it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the first steps you should do. Be it you go and speak to Neil or there's plenty of others out there as well. But, you know, guys, sort yourself out. Yeah. You can come back in 10, 20, 50 years' time and thank us. Yeah. But, you, you know, <laughs> it's unlikely for me. But, you know, thank us that you did it. But do take that time. It will always thank you later on. Indeed. But, Neil, thanks for that, mate. Really appreciate it. So powerful. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Need help running your business better? The new Next Steps online course is now out. Follow our steps for success in your business. Please do use the subscribe button 
so you don't miss out on any new episodes. You can also visit us at www.nextsteps4for.biz. Send in your questions and any feedback you have to info at nextsteps4.biz. Otherwise, you can contact us through our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Next Steps for Business. You can also find us on LinkedIn at Next Steps for Business. And you can follow us on Twitter at NS4Biz. That's NS, the number four, biz. Thank you. I'll be, 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 be.